Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Very good morning to you. Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much for listening to our uh, program this morning. As we are out here at the uh, Bonneville Salt Flats, uh, one of the uh, great automotive meccas of the world. You talk to anybody uh, that's uh, into racing or into speed or into any uh, you know type of competitive automotive um, thing, and chances are they are going to tell you that they, that they either have been to or want to come to Speed Week, uh, which I think is in August here in, uh, in Utah at Bonneville, the Bonneville Salt Flats. The Salt Flats are, uh, this is my second visit to the Salt Flats. I was here many, 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 many years ago. And uh, nothing's really changed. I mean, now at, on surface, Nothing's really changed. There's things that have changed here uh, that are important and threaten the existence of the Bonneville Salt Flats. But, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. We've talked about it before in that the salt that covers the Salt Flats is deteriorating uh, to the point where there may not be enough salt. They had a shortened speed week a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, last uh, year it was canceled. This year, uh, I have not heard as of yet what the plan is for Speed Week, but I'm going to um, figure that it's going to go on in some form because people, uh, uh, you know, at this point, don't even look, don't even look like they have masks. If anybody's wearing masks out here, except if you go in a store, so it, that will eventually happen. But uh, speed week will and uh, but when you go out on to the salt here uh, which I did earlier and we'll show you a little bit of later uh, one of the, the I mean you really feel um, a sense of American can do you think about uh, you know a guy like Craig Breedlove uh, who came out here with the spirit of America back in the early 60s and on this very you know, a, a mile from where I'm sitting here at the entrance to the Bonneville Salt Flats uh, Raceway, which is really nothing, but, you know, um, we, be, you know, I mean, he was the first guy to do 200, 300, 400, 500, and 600 miles an hour in a car as Jet Powered Spirit of America. Uh, back in the 60s, and it was a, a phenomenal thing for this country because at the same time we were trying to go up into space, we were using rockets to go faster on the ground. And uh, while that never has really taken off, no pun intended, uh, you know, in, in general use, I mean, it had, you know, Chrysler had built some rocket cars, there were some turbine cars around and some other experimental things, but nothing... Um, along that line ever you know came out for general use but i'll tell you what uh, you know when they would take those uh, jet engines and put a strap them onto a car and you know take off out on the salt here where you couldn't hit anything they moved and then of course there's the great story uh from the bonneville salt flats of burt monroe who uh, anthony hopkins played in the movie uh, the world's fastest Indian. If you have never seen the movie, I suggest that you get it, and uh, or or you know look at it. I believe it's on Netflix right now, and they move them around so much. Uh, about uh, a, a kindly older gentleman who risked all he had to come to America and try to set the land motorcycle speed record, which is also a big thing that goes on out here every year. And um, Monroe uh, became somewhat of a hero out here in that he came out with nothing but his Indian motorcycle, didn't really know the rules, didn't really care much about the rules, to be honest with you. And um, but went ahead and, 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 and it made himself feel 
so uh, people people liked him so much. Uh, you know, they, they liked this kindly old man who had traveled halfway around the world to do what they came from California and so on to do. Uh, that it, it really fascinating, fascinating story. And um, again, one of those, if you're into uh, motorcycles or cars or, or achievements, people that achieve things, uh, the Burt Monroe story is a great one. Behind me, this is not a, a virtual background. This is an actual live shot of uh, the Bonneville Salt Flats. I'm at the uh, entrance, which is just a few miles, I think seven miles out of Wendover, Utah, and uh, the border of Wendover, Nevada. And you can imagine it on the Nevada side of everything. There uh, are a number of casinos and so on and so forth. And I can see why Speed Week up there, uh, you know, gets a lot of people to come and check it out. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and I'll uh, I'll uh, mix it a little. I went in there last night and uh, kind of took some videos and stuff. And they had the coolest thing I thought they had in the whole place. You know, it's an old border, border gambling town. I mean, it's not, like you said, it's not Vegas. And it's not even Reno. It's just one of these, if you've ever been through, on 80 or on set, you know, any, anything that goes through uh, Nevada, uh, they have all of these border gambling towns where people, you know, before the uh, Indian casinos, people used to come from all over to gamble in Nevada. And some of them would drive and, and they would set up these casinos right on the border of California, Nevada, Utah, Nevada, and Arizona and uh, Nevada, so that they could, the people could come and participate and partake of the gambling lifestyle. It's how Nevada has built their um, built their fortune, shall we say? Uh, you know, very interesting story behind that too. But the story we are talking about today, and the story we are sticking with today, is the Bonneville Salt Flats. And uh, let me take a sip here. So, you know, we're in a high altitude. I think we're about 4,000 feet up. And it's really dry here for some, I don't know if it's the salt or just in the desert, the sun's beating down. It rained actually last night. Thank you. I've been on this um, tour, not tour really, but a cruise. Um, uh, salt Lake City, you know, I went from... Seattle, Salt Lake City, uh, going to San Francisco, then back up to Seattle. And I've gotten a chance to see some things. Uh, Salt Lake City, you know, uh, among them. Let me put these on if you don't mind. Salt Lake City, among them. Now, when we come back, I'll tell you a little bit more about what's going on and, uh, and, and what we have for you on uh, today's edition of Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny. We're live at the uh, Bonneville Salt Flats. Very pretty country uh, here on 1150 KKNW. Ladies and gentlemen, James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, again. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giant. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked, it run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy. We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. Because uh, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to 
for speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Ah, the Beach Boys, the uh, soundtrack of Automotive America. Welcome back to Drive Time. Here on 1150 KKNW, New York, Vinny, back here in Seattle, or actually the Mountain Loop Highway there behind me, sticking with the outdoor theme. We recorded that uh, Bonneville Salt Flats thing a week ago, and I don't want to let it go to waste. So I figured, being as it's a, a very big-time race weekend, uh, that we would uh, go from the Bonneville Salt Flats uh, that happens in August, the Bonneville uh, Speed Week, to the uh, greatest spectacle of auto racing. I don't know. I, I don't want to say the world because the 24 hours of Le Mans is pretty freaking spectacular. But, uh, you know, but but maybe the second best and certainly America's biggest spectacular in racing is the Indianapolis 500. It happens every Memorial Day weekend, save for pandemic or tragedy or war or something like that but uh they will they are revving up the engines at the brickyard uh, gasoline alley is buzzing and our man in indianapolis is going to tell us a lot more about it kirby arnold is with us live from indianapolis kirby good morning how are you good morning Vinny. how are you it's cold here it's, it's cold here so <laughs> yeah i bet it's warmer in seattle it was like uh they just had the driver's meeting which is kind of a ceremonial thing not open to the public but it was online so all the drivers are sitting outside on the plaza behind the start finish line and it was around 50 degrees and a good healthy wind blowing and all the drivers are all bundled up in big parkas and everything and then they then they put them all in convertibles and they drive them around in the community around here because the the traditional parade through downtown Indianapolis is not happening because of COVID reasons but they put the drivers and then there's a cute little main street it's about five blocks long here in Speedway, a lot of shops and restaurants. The drivers in the back of these convertibles, they, they, they drive down, have a little impromptu parade almost. And then from there, they fan out around the community and then they visit race fans who have decorated their homes and uh, kind of get a little one-on-one -on -one time with some selected race fans in the air. So That's the great kind of a thing cool, little, cool deal. Yeah, yeah. It's the great thing about auto racing for the most part. It doesn't have the separate and has never had the separation of fans and sport that every other sport, almost every other major sport has, uh, you know, you, baseball players generally, unless they're about to lose the game. Uh, and I mean, lose it on the grand scale. I don't go up into the stands and talk to the, uh, to the uh, fans uh, at basketball. It seems like fans throw stuff at, uh, at players. It's getting so, uh, so bizarre. Yeah, but in racing, you see, there's this, um, and it's in, in NASCAR, it's in in uh, IndyCar, it's in all the different drag racing, you know, NHRA. Uh, it, it just seems that there's this um, togetherness, uh, understanding uh, between the fans and the drivers that uh, it's almost like a family. Yeah, it really is. And the, and the thing about the, the IndyCar series is they are so accommodating to the fans. I mean, they will, in a normal year, on, on this day, the day before the race, they would let spectators walk right through Gasoline Alley, which is the garage area. And, you know, and the garages a lot of times are open. You can look right into the garage and see the cars as they're being prepared for the race tomorrow. But, uh, uh, but even so, even this year with limited numbers, uh, as a fan, you can buy a certain badge and be able to go into Gasoline Alley and talk to drivers, get autographs, team owners, things like that. It's like I say, any IndyCar is very accommodating to the, to the spectators. And, and let's say when the series comes to Portland uh, in a few months in September, uh, same thing, you can buy a, a, a pit pass basically and be able to walk right down. And I have seen, you know, fans talking to Mike Hall, the, the general manager for Chip Ganassi racing, talk to drivers uh, it just uh, it's a really really cool deal and uh, there's not that wall separating the spectators from the athletes like you see in a lot of other sports 
Now, if you see Chip uh, around, tell him uh, Vinny Ricci from uh, Pittsburgh tells uh, says hello. I will do that. If I if so he's a Pittsburgh, I drop the guy. Pittsburgh angle, he'd probably turn around and actually take notice. So yeah, well, he, he was on my show three or four times. Was he? Okay, was in Pittsburgh. So uh, my partner there, Ron Cook, was a a, a good friend of his, I guess. Okay, he would, uh, he would come on the show. Um, so what's let's let's talk a little bit about the race and and um the cold weather. It would seem to me, from what I know about cars is going to help the speed along a little bit and 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 maybe the running the uh, um uh, durability of the engines i would think well yeah these engines are really durable as they are you rarely see engine failures in this series anymore but uh if if yesterday was any indication yesterday was a cool day track temperatures in the 80s whereas over the weekend during qualifying the track temperature got up to 120 or above and, and they had hard time controlling the cars. The air, the colder, denser air is, is helps with stability of the cars aerodynamically. It helps efficiency of, of the motors. They can make more power. And yesterday they were running laps. Uh, I think Scott Dixon, the pole setter, was running laps uh, over 228 average, which is uh, pretty significant in race trim, you know, where 231-ish was the pole speed. Usually they're down about five, seven miles an hour uh, when they get into race trim. So, uh, and the cars were, they were running, you know, tighter. They were able to pass each other. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun race tomorrow. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it seems to be, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously there always is a lot of, um, uh, you know, talk about the race, a lot of uh, viewership of the race. This year, because of the conditions around the country, it just seems to me that more people are talking about it. It's one of those symbols that, uh, hey, America is back. You know, that things are are getting better, uh, at least, um, you know, COVID-wise in this country. That people, are, you know, it, it, it's funny that auto racing sometimes takes on uh, that kind of, uh, of, of mantle. You know, sports takes on that kind of mantle. And uh, the Indianapolis 500 certainly... Uh, being back, being in its right place on Memorial Day weekend, right? Is one of those, I think, one of those, uh, one of those symbols. Um, this, this will be. I mean, one hundred and forty-five thousand. I think is what the crowd will be tomorrow. They they capped it at that. You can't get a ticket beyond if you if you didn't already have a ticket. This will be the largest spectator uh, sporting event of the COVID era. I guess we could call it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is significant. And you're right about sports being something that helps bring the country, society, whatever, back to a bit of normalcy. And, and you and I went through it in 2001. Right. When the Mariners got back uh, on the field after the, you know, the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and everything. And so, uh, uh, you know, the, the country needed that. And I've talked to several Mariner players about that over the years, about what they did and kind of their role in helping bring back some normalcy to people who really needed it at the time. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, and again, to go back and, and think about September 11th and not to get too far off, but yeah, there was just something about uh, going back on the field, the symbol in Seattle of Lou Pinella and the team, Mark McLemore and everybody carrying the flag around the field uh, after that first game that just, uh, it made you, you know, it was, it, it it just made you think that things were going to be okay, that, that right. eventually we would get back to normal. We would never be the same again. Uh, right. I, I always remember that, that, that day and that, that, you know, the, being in the booth the, the night before. And I, I just always call, I, I, matter of fact, I did a piece on this years, a few years ago, the last minute of the last moment of normalcy was Niehaus closing out, Right. that game because if you remember the next day we were supposed to you know they were supposed to go and win the uh the division that was the right. day that they were gonna mm -hmm. you yep. know and a lot of the players and the reporters and stuff went out to a pool hall that night and they were not, not that they celebrated but there was a little you know right. there was a little falderall going on <laughs> yeah 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 no sports i mean sports helps us all get back to normal and in the indy 500 is a part of that it's uh we all need we all need routines, and the Indy 500 on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend is part of a routine. Whether you're a diehard race fan or not, that's just 
kind of a signal that, yeah, this things are getting back to normal. Kirby Arnold is with us from uh, uh, IndyCar at, at Indianapolis, and he is uh, keeping an eye on things there for us. Uh, all right, let's get to the race. Scott Dixon is the favorite, right? He's the pole sitter. He's the guy everybody, if you if you just want to win $2 on a race or something, he's the horse yep. to put in a... Who yep. am I looking at, though, in this field, uh, you know, to... Um, to surprise me, to battle it out with him, uh, you know, in the last lap coming down, you know, coming down to the finishing line, is he going to be lengths ahead of everybody or is he, uh, are we going to see a couple of, a uh, couple of people challenge him? The way IndyCar is now, especially on a speedway like this, it's hard for the leader to, to pull away from anybody. Aerodynamically, these cars can really pull up on each other, especially if you're the second place car. And a lot has been said in the past week about how the leader kind of is a sitting duck. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting when it comes down to the last few laps, uh, who's in the lead and who's and whether that person's vulnerable. Um, yeah, but as far as, as far as I'm concerned, Dixon is the guy to beat, but there are a handful of others who easily can win this race. It's going to take a lot of per perfection as far as pit stops, uh, you know, race strategy, everything else in a 200 lap race here. Um, the Ganassi team has been strong all month as a, as a team. And so you've got Tony Kanan, a former winner, uh, is right up there. Alex Palo is a young driver, uh, is right up there. Marcus Erickson's another one. So, uh, uh, and then in Dixon. So it, it's, it's a strong group. Having said that, uh, there's throughout the field, I mean, um, Ryan Hunter Ray from the Andretti group is starting, you know, in the top nine. Uh, Elio Castroneves, a three-time winner, who back when he won his third race in 2009, we all thought he's going to be the next four-time winner, and it's never happened, even though he's been driving with Team Penske all these years. Well, he's not with Team Penske anymore. He's with Meyer Shank Racing, and it's a smaller, rel relatively newer team. This is only their fourth time at Indy, but they're strong. And Elio qualified in the top nine, and he feels like he's got a really, really good race car. So I, I expect him to be among the leaders. So. And he's the guy you root for. I mean, he's kind of one of those guys oh, yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, I've seen him on Letterman a bunch of times, uh, you know, when Letterman was on a bunch of times. And and he's just one of those, you know, the personalities, the bubbly guy, you know, he's, uh, he seems to be, at least his public persona, Right. Is that he knows what he's doing, but he's he really shows that he's happy to be there. He's happy he's right. got a seat in this race. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's Spider Man. He climbed the fence if he wins the race. Yeah, uh, we haven't seen that <laughs> since two thousand nine either. Others, you know, Team Penske uh, did not qualify well. Somehow the they just didn't get the Chevy engine quite figured out as far as sheer speed goes. Having said that all their runs in race trim have been pretty strong and and uh, yesterday in practice they were they were really happy with that they had so look for them i think uh, scott mclaughlin a rookie uh, who's driving basically in elio's old old spot on the team he's the top Pinsky qualifier at seven 17th but you got joseph newgarden back there you got will power starting 32nd out of 33 uh simon pagino a former winner is starting back in the pack too. So to, it's, it'll be good to watch those guys, keep an eye on them as the race progresses, as they move up. But I think by, you know, when you get in the last 70, 50, 70 laps or something, I, I would say a few of those guys will definitely be in the mix up front. What's the, um, what's, what's, what are some of the uh, compelling or interesting stories? I mean, you know, we always talk about the leaders and we always talk about the, the car. I mean, it's, it's, you know, with the cars, I mean, there's so much the same that it's hard to talk about the cars, but you run into, you know, you run into some of these great stories. Um, what are some, what are some of the things that you've seen this week that have really uh, kind of caught your attention? Well, a couple of things, it's kind of the youth versus the old guys and uh, the youth. You know, it always is my friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Having said that at this place, uh, experience means a lot, if not everything. So uh, Colton Herta, uh, 21 year old kid, starting in the middle of the front row. He, you know, he 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 didn't qualify that much uh, shorter than than Dixon. So he's right up there. He's driving for Andretti. Andretti. Uh, I think he'll be, you know, if he can stay in the race, stay with the 
with the leaders throughout the race, I think he'll be right there. Renus VK starting outside on the front row, good young 20 year old driver for Ed Carpenter racing. Uh, I'm, you know, I think he could have a strong day, but again, these guys, the race has its phases. The track changes as time goes, as, as the race goes on, you got to make perfect pit, pit stops. You, you're in and out laps in and out of the pits have to be strong. There's so many little variables that experience really pays at, yeah. at a race like this, that uh, uh, that's why you see so many veteran guys win this race. Uh, another guy I think to keep an eye on is Juan Pablo Montoya driving for McLaren. Again, he's starting back a little bit, but uh, he knows how to get around here and he's won this race twice. Uh, uh, you wrote a story earlier this week about a, uh, I believe it's the first woman-owned team right. uh, in Indianapolis. So you, we're breaking barriers there. How's that? First of all, how's that going over? Because I know well, I've hung out with race car drivers before. I know that that's right. uh, one of the last yeah. bastions of, uh, shall we say, <laughs> inequality for uh, for the fairer sex. <laughs> well, number one, we're not living in the 70s anymore. So it's really, yeah. it's really cool in my mind. I was here to date myself here. I was here in 1976 when Janet Guthrie attempted to qualify, became the first to attempt to qualify. And then I was here in 77 when she did qualify. That was a huge story. This one I think is extremely significant. Uh, it's the first IndyCar, Indy 500 team that is owned by a woman. Her name is Beth Peretta, um, former auto, she's a auto, automobile executive who's gone in to own racing teams and everything. So she established this race team driven by a woman, uh, Simona Di Silvestro, who is a veteran of, of the Indy 500, who in the last several years has actually gone down and, and uh, uh, driven uh, the V8 supercar series, things like that. But she's also a Porsche factory driver as well, but she's back at the speedway. And then the crew on the car is primarily uh, comprised of women. It's not a hundred percent. They do have the, the Peretta team is, is, has what they call technical assistance with team Penske. Um, and there have been some of the men from team Penske who have kind of been assigned to kind of watch over the, uh, Peretta autosport team. And, and I was in their garage a, a week and a half ago, just watching, and they were pointing out to me how the women were actually the ones working on the cars, the men, we're kind of standing back and supervising and mentoring and, and that sort of thing. So uh, when you see Simona Di Silvestro come in for a pit stop tomorrow, uh, the over the wall crew, there'll be seven of them going over the wall. Three of them will be men, but four of them will be women. And again, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a historic thing around here. The cool thing around, about Indy in this era is you see women all around the paddock. Uh, a lot of women engineers, women, there are women crew. There are women who've changed tires in this race before, but uh, um, it, you know it's it's really cool to see that and uh, to see. Yeah, really. Yeah, it really and it, it gets yeah. me going because it's just uh, you know I have so many different friends and people of uh, women who have done these different um, races, uh, you know, endurance races and rally races and all these different uh, types of races, uh, and it is great to see. America's greatest race uh, right. and, and women participating in that. It's just another step toward, you know, telling your daughter that you can do right. anything you want to do in life. You know, there's, there's people out there, you know, they're going over the wall in Indianapolis. Uh, you can, you know, if that's what you want to do, there's no restriction, no uh, stopping you, you know, uh, go out and go out and do it, go out and learn it, go out and, and, and maybe you'll get a spot. Like, exactly. Like and, and that's the example this team really wants to set to and inspire people like that. So it's, it's really cool. Well, as we've seen here in the, in Seattle with the storm, I mean, it really it does inspire uh, women, little girls uh, right. to go out and, and, and participate in racing. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that it's being received well, instead of a, you know, a boys club type of situation because not know, anymore. No, yeah, it, you can tell by the way the crowd has responded around here that they are they're they're really favorites. Yes, it's it, it it's uh, boy, I'm I'm just so excited about this year, uh, and and what's uh, you know and the symbolism of the race, but also to watch a good competitive, uh, which Indianapolis usually is, unless there's a you know 
a crazy kind of, uh, God forbid, uh, some kind of uh, tragedy or something like that, which, uh, you, you know, is, um, <laughs> you, you, you you know, these drivers are as safe, I think, as, as possible. They're still going 200 miles an hour plus. So you're not going to completely right. protect somebody. But um, uh, are there any new safety stuff things going on this year that, that maybe you've seen over the not seen on the past well not necessarily this year but the most recent is the uh, is is the arrow screen that protects them you know this basically is an open cockpit series but uh, this prevents any kind of debris from coming in to the cockpit so the drivers are they're not completely enclosed above their head is is open but still uh, there, there won't be any, any intrusion into the cockpit. And they've already had in, in the series this year on road courses, uh, like say at Barber Motorsports, there were Motorsports Park, there was a, a crash on the first lap, a multi-car crash, and Ryan Hunter Ray kind of drove, <coughs> he bombed Joseph Newgarden, and Newgarden's right front tire basically would have come right into the cockpit uh, had the arrow screen not been there. So uh, there's, there's great video of that. But, you know, the thing about IndyCar today the cars are going faster than ever before. They're approaching 240 miles an hour when they reach the start and finish line. They're averaging uh, close to 230 around this place. They And so they're faster than ever before, but they're safer than ever before. Their, their crush panels built into the cars. The, the safer barrier on the outside of the track, the steel and foam kind of energy absorption uh, material on the outside of the track uh, essentially replaces the old concrete wall that drivers would crash into that has that went in in 2001 2002 and uh, since that went in and since that system was developed there has never been a driver fatality in any form of motorsport that has hit the safer barrier in, with wall contact uh, because of that in all that time now catch fence safety is another thing if they can keep the cars on the ground everything is good. If they get up into the air, into the catch fence, that's the next big thing as far as racing safety goes. And uh, um, they haven't really changed that. But what they have changed is they've been able to, for the most part, being able to keep the Indy cars on the ground. They used to have a tendency to lift when they yeah. got backwards or sideways when the air got under them. Basically, it's a, they're an, an Indy car is an inverted airplane wing, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so you get the, the forces going the opposite direction, the car is going to lift. But they've they've uh, introduced some flaps and things on the cars and and uh, the way the bottom of the cars are designed to help keep them on the ground. And they really haven't had that issue in a little while. That's great. That's that's great to hear. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you always, uh, <laughs> I, I just know there's three or four people I know that always watch. They're like, they watch NASCAR for the crashes. They watch Indy right. for the crashes so they can go up and get a beer and not worry if they'll miss anything uh, if they'd like. All right, before we let you go, Kirby, uh, I, I, since I've never been to Indy, I got to ask you, um, what what does a beer cost <laughs> at, the, at the raceway? Do you have any idea? I have no idea because I, I don't drink. So, <laughs> um, a hot dog. I mean, yeah, you, a hot dog. I don't know. You know, I don't eat too many hot dogs. I, I did buy a tenderloin, a pork tenderloin, a breaded tenderloin, which is really good around here. It's kind of a Midwest thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's I think that was ten dollars here at the racetrack, but it's worth it. So that's reasonable. I mean, that's a it's a reasonable it's not, price. Well, yeah, but uh, you know, you're it's it's kind of typical stadium food prices. A, a, Diet Coke in a nice little plastic commemorative cup would cost you, I think it's a $4 item. So, uh, you know, a tenderloin, a Diet Coke, you can get out, get out of there for around 15 bucks. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, you know, safe, I have a safe goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, T-Mobile, you got to mortgage your house to, uh, <laughs> to get a, yeah. an, an Edgar barbecue and a, and yeah. a Diet Pepsi. And now yeah. it's pre-made, pre-packed. So it comes in a, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Kirby, it's good to see you. It's uh, thank you so much for coming on with us and explaining uh, the race. Before we let you go, who's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go Scott Dixon. I think he's going to lead the field at the start, and he'll be right up there all the way. It's a great team. Uh, Could have won it last year until Takuma Sato passed him late, and uh, he was the dominant car all year last year in the race until the end. And he's been the dominant car all month this month, including yesterday in the final practice. So. I wouldn't go against that. 
I'm 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 taking that to the bank, my friend. Kirby, you be too. safe. I'll see you when you get back to Seattle. Thank you, Vinny. Take care. All right, thank Good you, Kirby. You. Great job, Kirby Arnold. Thanks for joining us here on Drive Time Radio, giving you everything you need to know about Indianapolis, including the pork tenderloin sandwich. You don't get that information on NBC. I'll tell you that right now. You only get it from Kirby. All right, it's Drive Time Radio, New York. Vinny, we'll come back. We got our uh, cartoon of the week, our Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, who else but the Beach Boys coming up uh, on this Memorial Day weekend? And we'll, uh, we got Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week coming as well? Stick around, lots more to come on Drive Time Radio. <laughs> What does it take to be a Buick? It takes a car as wild and wonderful as the new Buick Wildcat for 64. When you go the way of the Wildcat, people take notice. They want to know more about your car. They'll want to drive it themselves. But beware, once they get behind the wheel, it's hard to get them out. Sixty-four Wildcat. It's the wildest. And above all, it's a Buick. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, back with you on Drive Time Radio. We are live on Facebook. We are uh, on the internet at the www.1150kknw.com. You can get us around the world on both of those. If uh, you're traveling this summer, after all Memorial Day starts, the traveling season, uh, uh, you know, just coming off that road trip uh, that I was on around, uh, you know, through Utah and down through uh Nevada and California and back up again, it was, uh, man, there was a lot of people on the road, a lot of campers, a lot of people living the van life on the road. We'll talk about that next week a little bit more, uh, go into that a little bit more next week uh, as far as, you know, places uh, to go this summer and, you know, what the gas situation is going to be. So we'll have that on upcoming shows Right now, let's do our Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, we do it every week because music and cars go together so well. And, uh, you know, being as it's Indianapolis weekend, uh, Indianapolis 500 weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I wanted to uh, uh, dip into the Beach Boys catalog. I think we actually played this um, last year. I don't know if it was on this weekend or close to this weekend, but we were talking about the Bonneville Salt Flats. And being as I opened the show, from there, I thought that we would give uh, one of my favorite Beach Boy songs uh, that uh, is not as well known as many of the other in the Beach Boys catalog, but it's certainly uh, Brian Wilson and, uh, and uh, Carl Wilson and the Beach Boys sat down and wrote this great song about a time in America when it was different when we looked up and we wanted to achieve things. And we were uh, we we got together behind a program that uh, sent cars to the moon, uh, sent the rockets to the moon, and also put rockets on the ground to see how fast man could go on wheels. Here is Spirit of America on the Saturday morning cartoon. There you go, the Beach Boys on the Saturday morning cartoon. Spirit of America, the song about uh, that rocket powered car that took the Bonneville Salt Flats and Speed Records by storm back in the 60s. And it, uh, again, we'll have Speed Week uh, this August out at Bonneville. And uh, hopefully, uh, with a little bit of luck, I'll be able to go out there and um, and come to you live from Bonneville. So we're hoping to be able to do that later this year when Speed Week uh, gets going. Uh, a spectacular uh, song uh, by, uh, you know, America's America's group, America's singing group, uh, the Beach Boys. All right, uh, it is 844. It is Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny, with you here on 1150 KKNW. Let's uh, 
uh, bring Nathan in for Yo Vinny. What are you driving this week? Because uh, Nathan, it's uh, it's a lonely show without you, my friend. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? That's the magic question. I, I said it, Nathan said it. So you have Nathan. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Doing really well. Good, good, good. I was uh, I, I was worried because I think you know the first segment was recorded. Second segment went Kirby. I hadn't talked. I started to uh, go through. Uh, Nathan withdrawal, I guess you could call yeah, it. I was just sitting in the corner with my little dunce cap on. I guess I was a pretty bad student this morning. No, no, no. You were a good, you were a good student. Well, um, I am driving this week, Nathan, a uh, spectacular car. It is hard to, uh, you know, it's hard to um, to hate this car and not like this car. It's a 2021 Lexus LS 500 F Sport. This is a big body cruiser that um, has nice uh, athletic capabilities, which means you drop this thing into sport and for a huge car, for a big car, it starts to go, man. I mean, it lifts up and it goes and it goes and it goes. I mean, you get this thing out on the highway and it's a highway cruiser. You got to watch, you know, how fast you're going. You got to keep your eye on a speedometer because it's easy uh, to get into this thing and to, um, you know, start you with the uh, radio going and, you know, the, the, the plush interior kind of uh, lose where you are. It's that luxurious. It's really uh, incredible how, uh, how this car, uh, you know, um, takes on the road. Uh, for a huge car. It's reminiscent of, uh, if you're old enough to remember the big Cadillacs that used to soak up the bumps. But, you know, those cars handled like boats. This car, you drop it into sport, and it handles. Uh, it's a, uh, a twin-turbo V6. It moves the car effortlessly. And it really, um, you know, it is sprightly it's good it moves and that's and and when you buy a car like this i think that's what you're looking for is a car that gives you sport and that's what i call it the f sport and comfort and it's you know there's a lot of cars more cars on the market uh that are doing it there's less cars on the market but there's more cars that are doing it more big cars uh the genesis comes to mind immediately as a, a car that is uh, packed with value and gives you, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of bang for the buck when it comes to luxury, plenty of uh, room in the back seat uh, to uh, take passengers, plenty of room in the front seat to feel comfortable. It is a great um, road car, a spectacular road car. It really does, uh, you know give you pleasure when you drive this car. So we'll have a full review of the car in the coming weeks, but that's what I'm driving this week. We got to take it up to the Joe Ricci Memorial road course and uh, put it through its paces, but we will do that and um, get that, uh, get that going because uh, it's uh, (laughs) I'm just thinking about, you know, the only thing that I don't like about this car is that track pad. You know, the, the, the information display, I'm back with that again. And it's just so distracting when you drive the car. Uh, you know, you have to, you, you virtually, I mean, I almost have to pull over to use it and uh, safely. And, uh, you know, hopefully Lexus is going to figure that out at some point. Uh, but I'll, I'll counter that with the Mark Levinson sound system because I'm a music guy, I love music. And uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, excellent, excellent job of, um, uh, of bringing you uh, great sound in this car. It's like sitting in a concert hall if you put this thing on classic, you know, find a classical station and uh, put it down there and, and, uh, and put it on. Really, it's very, very, um, I, I mean, again, I go back to, it's easy to get in this car, get out on a highway on a long trip, and just lose yourself and just 
go in. Sometimes, uh, as I can tell you from coming in off the road, getting in a car and losing yourself for a day and taking a nice long ride and seeing some things is not a bad deal. All right, we'll come back with some final words. It is Drive Time Radio right here on uh, 1150 KKNW. Ever look inside a drop of gasoline? We do at Tidewater again and again, splitting the tiniest of drops even smaller and smaller and smaller. Then we check the balance of molecules to learn all that science can learn. All to make Flying A the most advanced gasoline of today and for tomorrow. From other Tidewater research programs come new ways to bring your car a longer engine life with lubricants designed to protect under all conditions in any climate. That's why Vidal motor oils are so widely used in 82 countries around the world. And Tidewater research also brings you greater safety with the remarkable new Flying A safety ride tire. First with the revolutionary Dynapol tread. New safety ride tires take extreme punishment with an extra margin of safety. Watch. At 50 miles per hour, these Flying A tires on the left stop 39 feet safer than other premium tires. New gasolines developed in Tidewater laboratories have to prove themselves under the widest range of driving conditions. They're tested for winter driving high in the mountains, tested for summer heat out on the desert, tested for start and stop driving too, tested and tested to make sure Flying A gasoline puts more action in your car wherever you drive. This research is just part of Tidewater's one and a quarter billion dollar investment for your car. And here's where it all pays off for you. In finer products and better service at your Flying A dealer. Drive in at Tidewater's sign of quality, Flying A. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. There you go. Doesn't get more American than Johnny Cash, does it? Uh, that, that voice. You know, I actually got uh, uh, on my, uh, you know, on my uh, iPod. I don't know. It's. it's <laughs> I haven't quite figured out how to get the fo- the tunes out of my old phone, three phones ago, and uh, put them into. Um, the uh, new phone that I just got. I, I just got it. One of these new uh, iPhone 12 uh, Pro Max. You know, take a picture anywhere uh, bigger than so I can read the print uh, phone. And um, I, I, I know there's a program to do it. I got it when I get the time. But anyway, I have the full Johnny Cash, uh, a couple of full Johnny Cash albums in there. And I think I have to, uh, you know, maybe a good idea to get into that Lexus. Uh, and uh, that that uh, 500 and take a nice ride and just uh, just listen to Johnny Cash, you know it makes you feel makes you feel good, doesn't it? And that's what we need right now. I, I mean, I think as a country, we need to feel good. And I'm going to do something today that I don't normally do on this show, and that is uh, preach a little, because uh, maybe we all need a little preaching. Maybe we all need a little to hear things uh, from people that we listen to, people that we uh, trust. Uh, so I'm going to eschew the usual car review in this spot and bring it because I think there's something much more important uh, than a car review. This is uh, Memorial Day weekend. And as I always post on Facebook, and I've posted it probably every year, haven't posted it yet this year, but please remember that this is Memorial Day. It's not cookout weekend. It's not um, uh, great sales at the store weekend. It's not a weekend to honor people who are currently serving in the military. And it's not a weekend to honor veterans. They have their day. All forces have their day. This is a day to remember the people who gave their lives to defend this country who can no longer speak for themselves, who can no longer uh, stand up and say, look what you're doing. I would suggest that if 
they're uh, if the if the dead could talk, they'd be appalled at what's going on in our country these days. They'd be appalled at what the uh, at what's happening with voting rights and what's happening with all the different things that we see in this country today. And I'm not going to, and listen, both sides have enough blame to go around. I don't buy into the uh, fantasy uh, that we're all one. Uh, We are many. And we act, try to act as one. And sometimes that leads to fissions and divisions in our beautiful country. But on this Memorial Day weekend, I hope that you'll take a minute from the barbecues, from the uh, camping, from everything at some point and stop and remember, spend a moment or two just in, in silence. Turn your radio off, turn your TV off, put your phone down and spend a minute in silence or two remembering the people that gave their lives so that we can act the fools that we act today. As a matter of fact, tell your children, take your children aside, take them aside and, and, and educate them. Show them the pictures of Normandy. Show them the pictures of Desert Storm. Show them the pictures of the people who gave their lives so that we can enjoy what we enjoy today. And honor those people who laid down their life, who followed orders, who said, I'm going to go into this, uh, my country needs me. I'm going to sign up to defend us against Hitler and Mussolini and uh, communism and despotism and all the isms that try to attack this country every day. Stop for a minute and think about that and think about what we stand to lose. Let us not let those people who passed away in the service of their country die in vain. Honor them by honoring your fellow American. You know, honor them by honoring their memory and their legacies. Whether you have one in your family, whether you know the pain of losing somebody or whether you, or whether you just, uh, you've never lost anybody in the military. Honor those people. They gave up their lives so that we can enjoy the freedom, so that I can drive a new car every week and stay on the radio and do what I do so that you can uh, either take that flag and walk with it down Main Street or, uh, you know, destroy it if you want. That's the freedom that they gave us. So on this Memorial Day weekend, spend a moment or two or three in silence honoring those souls. I think that they will appreciate it. That's going to wrap it up for Drive Time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll join you next week at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, right here on 1150 KKNW. Have a reverent Memorial Day weekend.